This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Weekend number one in December is over. Amazing, isn't it, Wardy? Already in December. First weekend over. World Junior rosters are starting to take shape. Preliminary rosters, I should say. Um, Which actually is going to make this a pretty good show. News on Mondays. That's what we live for, um, for sure. Um, Of course, we will talk about the World Juniors. Notable players not playing for their countries. We will talk about that. Um, Of course, thoughts on the weekend. Some news and notes from around the Ontario Hockey League. Some brand news. Yeah. 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 Big second segment coming up for sure. Should be good. Big second or third segment coming up. Depends how long our first segment goes, to be honest. But um, we will find that out maybe in 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes. Who knows? We'll get there. (laughs) What the heck? Maybe even 31 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how Colin Ward feels through the first segment. Uh, Still under the weather. Um, Still day to day. Was not able to make the trip to Hamilton on Sunday. Uh, following a missed trip, Thursday, Niagara bro. Thursday. Um, injury update, Colin. What is the injury report from Delhi, Ontario? From the Delhi, Ontario. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they. Uh, so basically, I like I've been right out of it for the last two weeks now. Like, it's been like pretty tough. Like, get up, you've been really dizzy. Um, have two spots at one in my chest, one in the back of my head. And uh, it's been there for about a week and a half now, two weeks, and just can't get rid of it. So just day to day, hopefully keep getting better. And uh, let's go uh, antibiotics. Yeah. So it's, yeah, amazing. it's amazing what meds can do. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, like, okay. it's mind-blowing. But, yeah, it's mind-blowing. You know what's crazy? Also, like, so I haven't been hungry in like two weeks. So like legit, it's nuts how like I've been having like one orange a day. Mm-hmm. And that that's filled me for like a day. Oh my god. It, it's crazy. That fills me for like guy. half an like, hour. Usually fills <laughs> me for like five minutes, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Heck. Like it's crazy. Like two weeks ago at the hockey game at Hamilton, I had two oranges pregame and like Went to B-dubs after and destroyed some wings. 15 wings, like, some matzo sticks. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, now it's like just one orange fills me for the whole day. So something's off, but we're getting there. We are getting there. So miss the rink. Miss the arena. Um, don't miss, don't miss uh, wearing the blue uh, dress shirt because we're Good back. Times. We're back in the playoffs. Got to get yeah, through Georgia I first. I just want to shout. Oh, I, I'm confident in our abilities. Um, I just want. I just want to mention. I just want to thank Utah. Thank you so much for pounding USC like that. And all of a sudden, we look Sunday, and it's a lo- awfully quiet as you see off in the distance. Dana, Dana, sh- uh, Jaws uh, theme song. The Ohio State Buckeyes at the four. And back in 2014, who was the fourth seed that won the national championship? The Ohio State Buckeyes. So we're pumped. We're pumped. Um, ready to go. 
Yeah. Lot needs to be changed, though. Yeah, a that's a, that, that was a weird day. Um, you know, for, for us in Ann Arbor, and by Ann Arbor, I mean Indianapolis. <laughs> it. Um, like, it might have been a little bit tough I was such a big to boy hear that shark fan. music. Yeah, I don't think we really heard that shark music over the uh, Big Ten Championship <laughs> celebration um, after yeah, we, we have a bunch. picked Purdue's we rear have a... end. Um, okay, I I wish they'd take the conference yeah. play out of the Big Ten. Man, they should have a rematch. The two best teams, it should be like high school. Like, yeah, I agree with like that. High yeah. School. Yeah. Like, what was Big Purdue's Ten record West going sucks. into that game? Eight and four, Seven Michigan and three. 12 and 0. Yeah, eight like, and four. Like what? Yeah, like, yeah, I like, agree. Honestly, I agree. like, like it should be like high school. Like you actually had thirteen or one versus twelve and zero or whatever it was, mm-hmm. whatever they are. I don't care, but you know, uh, yeah, like, Ohio State had the one loss. Yeah, um, yeah, whatever. Have a rematch. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. You're you're right. We need more rivalries. Yeah. Like, but hey, by the way, we might as well get want to get into it now. We do have rivalries, Peterborough, Ottawa. Yeah, how are you? Those teams get along. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> hey, I'm singing again on the show. I was gonna say you're singing Narcos before we start, and now you're singing the "We Be Fr- Can We Be Friends" song. Like, oh my god, yeah, goalie fight this past week. That was man. I wish I got it. Was one something short lived, unfortunately, but. It was still good, still provided a lot of entertainment. Not that we're promoting fighting because hockey seems to want to cancel that, but uh, it was entertaining. And I Take a time and a place, yeah, exactly. And that kind of, that kind of, you know, you expected that to happen after what was going on between the Pete's and sixty sevens. And I mean, yet a coaches, not a coaches fight, but a yelling match for sure. We've seen that this year already with Jay McKee, coffee talk. Um, so. He's he's kind of gotten mad at one? another team's bench. I don't know if it was night one. It was, it was Oshawa. I don't think it was Oshawa. I think it was Sarnia and Latang. I think it was yes. that game. Yes. Whether yes. or not he was yelling at Allen or somebody else, we couldn't tell because the scoreboard was in the way. But uh, we've seen Jay McKee fired up this year in Hamilton. And then you, know, you get the staff from Ottawa and Peterborough getting fired up at each other so um yeah i guess that's something to start off with colin um thoughts on it uh i mean you expect peterborough oshawa rivalry obviously um you know same division ottawa peterborough um six two was the score at the time kind of you know doesn't make you think that there's going to be a whole lot to go on because the game is you know pretty much out of reach actually for sure out of reach uh, for the Peterborough Pete's at the time of the whole incident. But uh, entertaining, nonetheless, that's for sure. And I think that that's a fan's move to get a goalie fight um, between the Ottawa 67's Peterborough Pete's. Uh, it just, I don't know. It's good way to start the month of December, yeah. I guess, before we hit the Christmas break. Well, I'll tell you right now, Peterborough struggling. Like, yeah. we have a we have a question coming up later on in the show, but Peterborough is struggling. They've lost three in a row, four and six in the last 10, um, 29 points, but they play 27 games. I mean, I'm looking around in this conference and I can think of one, two, three, four, five teams that can catch Peterborough. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they're not safe in that three spot by any means. And I mean, if Mississauga wasn't playing so bad, who's playing actually worse than the Peterborough Peets in their last 10, they wouldn't even be in that three spot. So it's interesting to me to see what's going on. They only have plus three uh, goal differential with Peterborough. Um, I don't know. Like, I, like, there's obviously frustration that plays into this, right? You just had a tough weekend. You're losing to a team in division like that. Mm-hmm. And it's never fun to lose like that end of, on the weekend, Sunday afternoon. Those are tough games to lose. To long ride, long rides back home. There's some frustration there. But, I mean, one for seven on the power play was Peterborough in the game. Two for eight was Ottawa in the game. So, the special teams wasn't really a factor. But, well, for Ottawa, it was, I mean, you go three for ten. 30%, but, like, I don't know. I just think that Peterborough, there's a lot missing there. They're not playing to their capabilities right now, and I think that's the that leads to their frustration. Um, but, yeah, I don't – like, it's just, it just happens, right? You're just going to have those games. Me, personally, I'm not a fan of saying let's ban fighting in general because I think we need some sort of policing in the hockey game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that – Dirty bad hits happen all the time. I've, I t- I tend to believe that when you don't have fighting in the game, guys try to play hero. And mm. when guys try to play hero, they're untouchable. And that's not good for the game as well. But I can tell you one thing that was good for the game. In this goalie fight, every single video you watch, look at the crowd. There, yeah. I can guarantee you there wasn't one fan not paying attention. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that not every single person in that arena was paying attention. And and how many clicks do you think that video has gotten so far? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tons. Yeah. Tons. I mean, you look up goalie fight. Go on Twitter right now. Search goalie fight. Don't you have to look up OHL. First thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a big one. But as long as guys don't get hurt, you know, as long as your goalie doesn't get hurt, there's nothing worse than seeing your goalie get hurt going out in a goalie fight. That'd be tough. But, I don't know. I always thought about that. <laughs> never happened. I was going to say, Colin Ward, goaltender, never involved in goalie fight. You would think that'd be like, you would have to be, you would have From to have Del a goalie Ontario. fight to call yourself a Dell. What do you, what do you guys call Dell Highites? Dell Highians? I don't know. Hey, Delhi is Delhi is Norfolk's backbone. We've already been over this, but <laughs> the, the if you're from the Delhi Ontario, yeah, you gotta play a little bit of match. I mean, look at the OHLers. Look at the OHLers from the Delhi Ontario. It just speaks. It just speaks to the people. Merrick yeah. Vanacker, hired two way guy, Landon McCallum. Know what he can do? We saw him in the penalty box in uh, Hamilton. And then his brother Braden McCallum. So. There's some, there's some ability there. Oh, yeah. Plus, plus longtime NHL uh, enforcer Ryan Vandenbush from the Delhi Ontario. So there's a, there's some, uh, there's some tough guys. Yeah, Jordy Kinnear, NHL yeah. head coach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a few, uh, there's a few guys that like roughing up. But yeah, like. The one point that I take away is everyone's engaged. Every, every mm-hmm. fan's engaged in this. So, and I take I take this as obviously we're not promoting goalie fights because that's the last thing you want every game where it's like the oh, wild not. wild west for the goalie. Oh, really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> for the goalie who's just gonna tee. For the goalie who's just gonna tee yeah. off. Like 
We don't need that. We do not need that. But we saw it London Niagara. We saw Brett Rochu leave his crease. I mean, it, it, I'm honestly surprised it doesn't happen more. Mm-hmm. Because you look around, you look around, and like you're, we're watching games and stuff. Like you see rough stuff. You see everybody's got a guy, and the goalie are just standing there at one end of the ice, like looking at each other. Yeah. It's kind of surprising we don't have that more often. But yeah. I mean, obviously not promoting it, but it's just kind of a surprise that we don't see this more often. You know, there's a scrum and sues, and next thing the goalies are going at it. The best part is about this one a month, maybe go one goalie fight a month, maybe. That'd be <laughs> our fix. That'd be good. Every enough, other day. Once a week. Every oh, other my day. oh, geez. Start throwing around to suspensions uh, like they're not wearing their mouth guards or something. Jeez. But uh yeah, I mean that, that kind of quieted down this week. It did. That kind of yeah. quieted down. Yeah. Finally, next We're to the Next Man, to the I saw a uh, I saw a highlight yeah. of I think it was the Hamilton game. Can't remember if it was in Mississauga or if it was the game on Sunday uh, against Oshawa where someone dropped their mouth guard on the ice. It's like, oh, are they going to give him a penalty? Oh, is he going to get one? And then they didn't give him one because, I mean, that happens. But um, I just thought yeah. if they would have given him one, that would have, yeah, that would have set some people off for sure. But um, did not happen, and yeah. uh, the weekend ended. But um, there was one thing I found interesting over the weekend, you know, other than the goalie fight, because that was very interesting. Um, in the Eastern Conference, your top three teams are the Ottawa 67s, North Bay Battalion, and Peterborough Peets. They are the only three teams in the Eastern Conference in the Ontario Hockey League with a plus goal differential. Um, Ottawa 67s plus a billion, it seems like. They have 117 goals for, 65 goals against. Uh, North Bay Battalion have scored 108. They have given up 74. And the Peterborough Peets, as you just mentioned, Colin, a few moments ago, just plus three, uh, 87 goals for, 84 goals against. And then it's all minus, all in the red, four through 10 in the Eastern Conference starting with the Mississauga Steelheads, they have scored 87 and allowed 96. Um, part of their three-game losing streak has a lot to do with that, but um, two, six, and two in their last 10 games. But on the flip side of that, you have seven teams in the Eastern Conference who are 500 or better, and just three who are not way below, but below. 500 and that's the Sudbury Wolves at 813 and 3, the Oshawa Generals 813 1 and 2, and the Niagara Ice Dogs who got the crap kicked oh. out of them on Sunday 13 to 2. Their record 615 and 3 uh, on the season to start. I just found that interesting. You get three teams above 500 or with plus goal differential, seven teams in the minus, but then you get seven teams over 500 and three Underneath that 500 mark, that's an interesting stat to start off the month. Well, Sudbury, I think Sudbury's goal differential, right? That helped on Sunday. As I say, 13 goals on Sunday <laughs> helps. Yeah. I wish I saw. Pre- I wish I saw a previous Sunday. I wish I would have checked Sunday morning to see their goal differential as the before and after. Yeah. I was gonna say that they win 13 nothing. They're even at 97. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Those are long news at the arena when you're on the flip side. Those are fun, but yeah, that was yeah. especially in the last like 
seven minutes of that game, Sudbury just kept piling it on, piling it on. Uh, yeah, that's not fun. The lucky something never broke out there. Yeah. You're very lucky something didn't break out there because usually when games go like that, I mean, heck, you would think the team that's losing 13-2 to wouldn't be too happy about that, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they weren't. So you would think something would happen, but mm. not the case. I agree. Um, uh, it Kind of this – um, I just wanted to mention as well in the Western Conference, you got seven teams over 500. So it's a winning league. Um, if you look at it right now in the Western well, Conference and the Eastern Conference, yeah, the Western Conference. the points. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the West um, is dominating the East again. Yeah. Uh, all or the first seven teams Saginaw, London, Windsor, Owen Sound, Flint, Sarnia, Erie, all above 500. Sault Ste. Marie, Guelph, and Kitchener are below that 500 mark, but the winning percentages are better in the Western conference. Like you mentioned, the Western conference a little bit better this year um, in terms of points. uh, You could say uh, with those bottom three teams being over the 400 win percentage mark, not one of the bottom three teams in the Eastern conference is above that 400 mark. They are below it. Sudbury 396 uh, as well as Oshawa. Same, uh, uh, same record there as, I forget about the stupid shootout category in the standings, but uh, and then three thirteen for the Niagara Ice Dogs, where you know four sixty two for the Sioux Greyhounds, four hundred four for Guelph, and four thirty five uh, for Kitchener. So there's something to point out as well. Goal differential is pretty much even there. You have the top five teams in the green, and then the bottom five um, are in the red in terms of goals given up. Um, so, yeah, just, just something I found interesting. A lot of people out there who don't care about numbers would be like, that was pointless. But um, it's, it, it's, it was kind of interesting to see that, especially with the Eastern Conference. You go seven yeah. and three and then three and seven. It's I found it interesting at least. So Yeah, I was looking at the last 10. Pre, pre-deadline mm-hmm. from, game, from games 10 to like 40, 45-ish, I like looking at the last 10. That's mm-hmm. my favorite stat in the standings. Pre like last 15 20 games to go, yeah. I don't look at the last 10 because then you really get a sense of what the team's like coming in, and you look at their streak, right? What's going on here? What are they? And yeah, there's a couple that are standing out, there's a couple that aren't. Um, big thing to me is we both got the opportunity to watch the one of nights this weekend. Mm-hmm. This team looks totally different, yeah. This team looks totally different. You can see Ranger fans, you can see some Kitchen Ranger fans saying, like. Well, they both started off so bad, right? Why can't Kitchener have this success? The thing is, London London just looks different. London looks a lot like more engaged. They're harder on pucks. They're mm-hmm. they're good in the forward check, you know? Like they get the puck moving down low and they're just humming right now. Like and it's not just like it's not just like they're big guys. I mean, they got some good young kids coming up there that are good young and I always like their defense core. Their defense core is one of the most underrated defense cores in the Ontario Hockey League. I think it's one. Of, I think it's the best defensive core in the West, in my opinion. I think this D core is really good. Um, they have some guys that fly under the radar. I mean, Oliver Bonk, Oliver Bonk. I mean, rookie, rookie of the month, right? I mean, what a kid! What a star! Mm-hmm. What a star he is! I mean, six foot two, one seventy nine, like. If I'm an NHL team, I'm a scout for an NHL team. How can you not be average? Like, how are you not obsessed with that? Yeah. A rookie that's six foot two, like okay. When this kid's 
when this kid's drafted, when he's 19, 20 years old, what's this kid going to be? Like, is this kid going to be six foot three, six, almost six four, like 210 pounds? Because if that's the case and he can move well, why are you not going to be obsessed with this kid? Like, this decor is so underrated. I mean, all this is going on and you're not really seeing it from Isaiah George yet. Mm-hmm. And that's a, like, it's just crazy to think how good this decor is. I mean, Sam Dickinson's a star. Um, but like, I was going to say, year, talk about a D even better. To, yeah, talk about a D pair to build your future around Sam Dickinson, Oliver Bonk. Oh my God. Yeah. Then you, yeah. Then you look at your 04s, right? So here's their, here's their like by date of birth. So they're, oh, they have 03s. They have three 03s. May you, McKinnon, and Federico. And then you look at the 04s. 04 is a huge age because that's your veterans for next year. 04 is huge. There's a lot of teams in the league right now looking to acquire 04s to build for next year. And this is their 04s for next year. Jackson Edward, who I love Jackson Edwards' game. Jackson Edwards, six foot three, 191. That's basically what Oliver Bonk's going to be, the body type. Like, right there. 04, Boston, seventh-round pick. Um, Jackson Edwards, a really good hockey player. Alec Leonard, who in the system I think is going to be very good. I think he's a very good number six D-man right now in the Ontario Hockey League. He's an 04. And also with with Alec Leonard, Alec Leonard was supposed to be that future stalwart on the back end for the Niagara Ice Dogs when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. There, there was high praise when he was drafted. I mean, he was in that big draft of Panophemus for them. But that was the pick for them where it was going to be, this kid's going to be a star. For our team in the long run, it just didn't work out. But the London gets them, and we see this all the time with the London Knights taking a flyer on a guy, and all of a sudden he turns out to be a, a future NHL defenseman. Look out for Alec Leonard. And then the third 04, they have Isaiah George. I mean, what can we say? Isaiah George, drafted, draft eligible player, future captain of this London Knights team, uh, very good two way D man. And then you look at the 05, Oliver Bonk, that's it, Oliver Bonk. And then they're 06, they're 16-year-old Sam Dickinson. This team defensively, I think, could be better next year. I think like this is actually a scary sight to see how good this team could be if they could get a guy. If the if I'm the London Knights, I want to look after the best 2004 born players on a selling team I can get. Mm-hmm. You might have to pay a little bit more. You might have to pay a little bit more than you would like, but it sets you up for this year and next year, like the Saginaw deal. That recently happened. That's the type of deal I look at for the London Knights to make. And if they can do that up front, if they can have an 0 4 forward, look out for this team. But they do have a lot of good 0 4s up front, though, by the way. So it's it's exciting to see where this team can go. And plus, they have a goalie coming up in Bowen, who's a star. Very impressed with uh, David. Very impressed with Zach Bowen. Very impressed. Say, yeah, there was a moment in that Mississauga game on Sunday where the Steelheads were starting to come back. Um, I think they had already gotten one. I can't remember if they had scored the second one yet. I don't think they did. So it was a 5-3 game at the time. Um, whether it was a 2-on-1, 2-on-0 down low, I don't think it really makes a huge difference. Um, Zach Bowen, oh, I'm just going to slide cross crease and rob him with the glove. Yeah. Um, and just that Mississauga easily – that puck goes in 99 out of 100 times. Uh, just that one time, uh, Mr. Bowen decided to get in the way. But, uh, like, that would have started a huge, you know, momentum boost for the Steelheads. They had already gotten one to make it 
a 5-3 yeah. game after going down by three goals. They did eventually get a fourth goal and lost 5-4 to four to the London Knights. So that just, that's just a moment in the game where, like you said, you know, Brett Brochu is going to be gone and Bowen's the next man up. And to play big games, big minutes for the for the London Knights this year, and you know against not so good right now, Mississauga, but still a pretty decent team in the Mississauga Steelheads. Love guys, and you know take it on the road five to four. So, uh, yeah, a lot to like for this London Knights team. And one interesting thing I looked at, I didn't even realize it last week. Uh, London Knights first in the Midwest Division. And of course that was before the weekend happened. That was, you know, when they took over the Midwest division lead, but just something I go, Holy crap. Yeah. Collins power ranking was spot on number five. So I'm pretty sure they're higher this week, but uh, yeah, London Knights are rolling. It's not a surprise. You look at their roster when once guys develop and once you get to that peak, right? We talked about this, but they have some bulldogs, right? How you want to see those Oh fours, those Oh fives, those younger players, those undrafted players, start to develop, mm-hmm. and once they get comfortable in the in the Ontario Hockey League, and get around Christmas time, and they're peaking early, which is a good thing if they can continue to build off the success. Yeah. But continue to rise up. The Kitchener Rangers, on the other hand, Kitchener, yeah, they've shown glimpses of success. They've showed it, but when you have young guys on your roster, you want to continue to get better. You want you you know you don't like using this, but like. Sometimes when you're losing guys get better individually, it it works out for the team itself. And that's the thing I look at for Kitchener where it's like, okay, let's see these guys get better. Let's meet our vet. Let's see these young players, meet our veteran players on the team. And then we, all of a sudden we establish a core that can win and let's see how good we can get. Um, Kitchener's not out of it, but that's just the difference between the London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers. London's just puck hungry. London's all over pucks. I mean, you make the trade to get George Diaco too. That's a big one. George Diaco kind of cha- kind of changed everything for mm-hmm. them, and that was a big one. Yeah. That was pretty big. Yeah. Um. All right. Get to the World Juniors before we hit the break. Looks like we are going 31 minutes in segment number one. Um. Five players named from the Ontario Hockey League to selection camp for Hockey Canada, um, and off ice as well. We'll mention them, um, because. They are just as important to the success of Team Canada. It starts with Sarnia Sting head coach Alan Latang. He is an assistant with Canada's national junior team for the tournament this year. Uh, James Boyd, of course, GM of the 67s, is part of the management group. Uh, support staff includes athletic therapist Andy Brown of the Owen Sound Attack. Equipment manager Chris Cook from the Hamilton Bulldogs. Strength and conditioning coach Sean Young of the Ottawa 67s. And security liaison, Bob Martin uh, from the London Knights. Those are the guys off the ice from the Ontario Hockey League that will be heading out east with Team Canada. On the ice, we will start in the net, Colin. Ben Godreau. I think that was yes. that was an easy pick for a lot of people, the way Sarnia's played yeah. so far this season. Um, and I saw something. I saw what the cut list will look like. It looks like one goaltender, two defensemen, and I think three forwards um, who will be cut before the tournament starts on Boxing Day. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, but I think I saw that uh, tweeted out yeah, earlier today. Yeah, so. uh, Yeah. No, you got um, 
Yeah, so Ben Godro in goal from the Sarnia Sting. On defense, a couple of names. Ethan Del Mastro, the Mississauga Steelheads, um, which, I mean, for Mississauga, you're losing two very good players um, in the midst of a losing streak and a very bad. And they're lucky um, Del Bobaloos didn't go. Very true. Yeah, kind of a, I don't know if people are scratching their head at that one or not, but following his successful season last year, um, thought he might get a look. Um, at least, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, oh well, no big deal. Um, yeah, Jack Mattier, um, of the 67s, he's going on defense as well. Uh, on forward, Owen Beck, Mississauga Steelheads, um, and Brennan Offman of the Peterborough Peets. Yeah, they're in a situation there as well where I think they all make really it. I think they'll all make it. Yeah, Peter. Well, Peterbilt's going to lose Brandon Austin. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lose I know. Brandon Austin. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think Goudreau makes. I think Matier makes it. Matier's been so good this year in Ottawa. Um, two weeks ago, when they were in Hamilton last, three weeks ago, whenever they were there, whenever I saw them play live, Jack yeah. Matier, man, he's he's smooth on the back end. Um, what a player. Uh, no surprise at all. No surprise at all. I think the tiers are locked to play for Team Canada. Obviously, Del Mastro will make it. And mm-hmm. I believe Beck will. I was high on Owen Beck making this team since the summer. Since before he was even drafting the National Hockey League, I was high on Beck making this team. I think he's the perfect third-line center, fourth-line center for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to accept his role. He's going to play that role. He, like last year, we saw in Mississauga in the OHL. Obviously, it's a different ball game, right, when you go from playing in a smaller role in the OHL to going to play at the World Juniors, but last year I saw him in that second round against Hamilton Bulldogs every game, and I thought he looked pretty good. I thought Beck looked pretty good out there mm-hmm. against the McTavishes or against the Morrisons, whatever line he went up against, one or two, and I thought he looked pretty good at that in that spot. I think he's ready for the challenge. I think he had a good prospects tournament in Buffalo for Montreal at that uh, showcase tournament. He had a good development camp there for the Canadians. And then he, uh, he's he been really good so far this season in the Ontario Hockey League, which, mm-hmm. which we saw him night in and night out for Mississauga. So I think that Beck's got a very good pick. I think Beck is a very good fourth line center for this hockey team. I think he's a very good shutdown guy. I think he can kill penalties for you and play in any special teams role that you need him playing. I'm very excited to see what Beck can do at the national level for Hockey Canada. Yeah. Yeah, apologies there, uh, Jack Matier. Um, yeah, had to correct myself there for a second. Um, just to make sure we got it right. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's very, very good group of OHLers that are heading out east. And yeah, like you said, wouldn't surprise me if all five names um, are competing for World Junior Gold yeah. uh, on Boxing Day. And that begins with a game against Czechia. Away, man. So, yeah. Wow. I got to yeah. start making Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Listeners, uh, random, random thought. I mean, when you're sick, when you've been in bed for the last two weeks, um, it's kind of tough. Well, I guess I can go online. But I'm from D. Delta, Ontario. You know, mm-hmm. online shopping, it does exist. But it, one of those guys that you want to go into the store, you know, like, 
Is there You're not an Amazon get get it here in a day guy? Well, Amazon I believe is different than store like other like in person stores. Like yeah. Amazon, like like I don't really use Amazon that much, but mm. you know, my, like if I'm my prime shopping, account's going, I like the value years. of Oh, yeah. Yeah. New Year's resolution. Yeah. Don't spend money on stupid things. That is my New Year's resolution. I will say it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is me right now. Yeah. A lot of people spend money on things that they don't need. It's yeah. crazy. Me, I you, jerseys. I guarantee you. I guarantee. Well, yeah. You wait until the reverse retro comes out on one of those uh, sites from uh, yeah. across the pond. Yeah. And then get a Detroit Red Wing reverse retro jersey for thirty dollars. Oh, okay. Here's my bank account. Yeah, they're not nice <laughs> enough know? to spend three hundred dollars like, on. So, yeah, no, yeah, no. I just want to keep the collection going. Yeah. But it's one of the, it's one of those things where it's like there's a lot of people. I guarantee you, we will have messages after saying this on the show that shop, and especially now in December, yeah. that the big day is approaching on December twenty fifth. There's so many people that are going to sh- uh, reach out after this one reach and say, you know what? You're not the only one because yeah. I do it. So many people have make dumb purchases and I make purchases where it's like, call it. What the H-E double hockey stick are you doing? Like, did you really just do that? Yeah. I've seen you defend. Yeah. In New York at the HBO series, he walks in and rips a stick rack down. I've seen you defend, but he says it like a million times. Yeah, yeah that's me to my own head after that. But yeah, a lot of people do it. I do it all the time. It's yeah. uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's hard not to, especially this time of the year. But yeah, I need to start my Christmas shopping, and I get more value going in store. Like yeah. I don't know, I, I'd rather go in store. Do my shopping done in one day, then have to go online, pay the $20 shipping fee because it's in December. And if you want to get it in two weeks now, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do my days by the show weeks. So, Very true. two weeks, World Junior Show. My Christmas stuff better be here. So, probably mm-hmm. probably not a very, probably a 50-50 chance. So, I better go out and uh, get my shopping going. So, yeah. yeah it's probably good. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Turns out that segment is going 35 minutes, um, but no big deal. None at all. Um, we got one big final segment to go, and that includes our special guest, and that includes this week's power rankings. Should be a fun segment to round out this week's show. All of that is coming up next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Big part of the show, big part of the OHL in 60. Um, big moment, I should say, uh, for the show, for the brand. Another contributor joins the team. We've had Joel Vanderland great at his job. We've had Brandon Caputo did a great job in the OHL playoffs last year. And now... We welcome Nick Sakellis 
to the team. And by the way, before we get started, I would just yeah. love to mention that I completely aced his last name when I first tried to pronounce it. Um, so self five to me. Um, oh, after beat. completely hey, botching Matir's name in segment one, which I admitted I screwed that up. I completely hey. admitted that. But uh hey, Jack, you know, Mateer, big rebound for me. So. You got it. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. You know Matir. You know yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, I'd be. Yeah, Reeser, honestly, man, when you when you sent it off the air for the first time, I was like, this kid's got it. This kid's got it, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the on the podcast. Thanks for bringing me on. Um, you know, we're we're some players are 26, 25, 23 games in. I'm I'm one game in. This is my first GP. So uh happy to be here yeah. with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, then we'll see you again in like two weeks because of Will Junior time. So it's gonna be exciting. For sure. And it's great because now, you know, uh, the uh the tournament is starting to ramp up with excitement. Rosters and camps are starting to come out, which is great. We're getting a little antsy about it. And uh, yeah, the OHL season is uh, going to be quieting down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it'll be nice to see um, some, some uh, double IHF action along with, might I add, one of my favorite tournaments during this time as well. And that is the Spangler Cup for sure. Yeah. 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 Big nice fan in the of that tournament. Yeah. It's nice, sure. in the sm it's nice in the mornings to wake up and you kind of get like when the world cheaters in North America, you get that yeah. preview of the Spangler when you get up, you know. I'm not a coffee guy. You two are, but uh, get up, have a hot chocolate, and uh, mm -hmm. watch the Spangler. Like, yeah, it's good. But I think that I turn it into. Yeah, 100%. It's a good primer. And like you said, Wardo, a nice little, just a nice little warm up before we get going and get cracking with the World Juniors. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so many of those guys have good stories too. Like, you know, like a lot of guys representing Canada at the Spangler have so many cool stories, like, that go behind them and, like, like in their journey of being on the Spangler team. So like, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of former OHLers as well that are on the Spangler. So it's always exciting. Oh, for sure. They're the guys that you go in elite prospects and spend hours on just looking, <laughs> yes. you know, you yeah. know, where they went from A to B to C to D and it's like, wow. And then you've ended up here. So it's, it's always pretty cool. And it's great that uh, team Canada always does really well at this tournament. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, you know, switching on over to the world juniors, um, yeah, like I said, rosters are starting to come out. There's a good buzz, and there's a good plethora of European players that are going to be representing their countries from the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, there's going to be some, hopefully, from the OHL on Team Canada, and none, or maybe a few, maybe a few, I should say, for Team USA. So, should be cool. Yeah, Voight passed the job not being a part. Of that yeah. preliminary roster. Original first thoughts on that, Nick. I know the Twitter world's pretty upset, but uh I mean these two guys, they are in top three um you know in scoring in the Ontario Hockey League. I'm just gonna pull up stats quickly. Yeah, you get Voigt 48 points as we talk on Monday, December 5th, you know, passage off 36, and then you know, passage off fourth in goals at 18. I mean, is this just them coming to Canada and not being a part of, you know, whether it's the U.S. National Team Development Program, whether it's part of the NCAA, because I know that has hurt players in the past coming sure. to the Canadian Hockey League. But what what's going on? What's USA doing? Well, yeah, I don't know, Reeser, and it, it begs the question. You you always want to be like a fly on the wall in some of these conversations that go on in these war rooms. Mm -hmm. And I would love just to ask someone from USA Hockey and just say, guys, Ty Voigt, Sasha Pastajov. 
I mean, these guys are these guys are one in three in OHL scoring. You know, you've got Logan Morrison, who is a guy that you guys know quite well from the Hamilton Bulldogs, sliced in between them. But do they not get a look at least? Do they not at least get invited to camp to see what they can do? Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I would just love to be a fly on the wall in the war room of Team USA and uh, just just hear what just I, I just don't know. It was kind of baffling. And I understand people on Twitter are on, are a little upset. Ironically enough, I did not go on Twitter today, so I have not seen it yet. There's probably an onslaught of just, you know, random things that are going to come through my feed. I'm not quite ready for it. Maybe that's a, a tomorrow Nick problem. <laughs> Honestly, people have some of the best days not going on Twitter. I don't think that's a bad thing, Nick. I think you, yeah, I think this is a solid day not to go on Twitter. Um, if you're a Sarnia Sting fan, at least, that's for sure. I can tell you that. Yeah, for sure. You know what so, I Go on, it kind of reminds me of the situation too when you look at the European countries, right? Like the Americans kind of adapted, like obviously not in the tournament, but it's kind of like how Russia and that, right? Like how guys that go over to play in the CHL when they leave their individual, like when they leave, leave the USHL or the USHL uh, development program and you leave those teams or whatever and you go play major junior, it's almost as if you have to be like elite of the elite to come play there. And Pastajov had the Notre Dame commitment too before, right? When he was drafted by Anaheim, mm-hmm. he had that Notre Dame commitment and all of a sudden he gets drafted and Anaheim's like, no, you're going to Guelph. So there's one of those situations too, where it could be one of those where it's like, once you leave to develop your career elsewhere out of country, you have to either be an elite, like draft eligible prospect, like mm-hmm. similar like what Connor Bedard is, like you have to be an elite prospect or you're not coming, which is like what we saw recently, right? Like last year, I was kind of surprised that Avery Hayes wasn't there. I mean, Avery Hayes, a 40 goal scorer in the Ontario Hockey League with the Hamilton Bulldogs, surprised he wasn't mm-hmm. not even an invite to the U.S. So it kind of surprised me last year, but yeah, it just continues to go that way. And for Canada, for Canada, it's like going to a, it's like going to like a luxury car dealership, right? And saying you don't want the Ferrari. That's basically what that's like. And the USHL, like the US program is getting that as well. Like there's some really good hockey players. There's a lot of good talent on this American roster. But mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, Past has been lighting it up. Past is sick. Um, you know, Voight, we've saw what he's been doing. I mean, those two are definitely well-deserving. But it's almost as if, you know, we're going to the luxury car dealership right now, you know. I don't want, I don't want that five-star Audi. I don't need the Ferrari. You know, I got a Lambo. So it's one of those things where it's like not like I mean, starts dying, but it's not like it's one of those things where like the hockey's getting better and the products be better where they're just gonna stick to what's in house, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen this kid go at the development program, I've been around him going up to university. I'm in charge of picking the US roster. I'm gonna take this kid. I've saw him all the way up, I have control on him, I'm gonna take him. And that's mm-hmm. what happened there. But the interesting part is about this. Tyler Boucher making the team of the Ottawa 67s, which congratulations, Tyler, not a big deal. But, like, you know, you make the – you get the invite to the roster. So it's kind of interesting to see Boucher get the invite and pass to Shop and Voight. Don't. And it's not a knock on Boucher, but, I mean, look what Pasta and Voight are doing. So right. it's one of those situations where it's kind of odd, but I can see both sides of the story to why and to why not. Sure, and I think with some of these selections – um, for camps, uh, I think it's, that's a great stance to take, Wardo, where 
you know, you try and you know, outweigh the positives and the negatives as to why someone's yeah. being chosen and, and why someone ha- you know has been chosen or hasn't been well, chosen. I think you have to. Here's the thing too, right? Here's the thing too, right, guys? Like, who who are you going to have play on your fourth line? And I've been like this since the summer about back from Mississauga saying that Beck is the perfect fourth line player for Team Canada. Who are you going to have on your fourth line? Tyler Boucher or Sasha Pastajoff? Right? Who's going to kill penalties for you? It's one of those situations to where do you really think a guy, if it's a tiebreaker, right, between Pastajoff and Voigt, if it's a tiebreaker between those two players in a in a start out of Michigan, which, right. let's be honest, they're going to lose to the Ohio State Buckeyes in a couple of weeks. Oh, but, right. you know, who are they going to take, right? They're going to take the kid that they have control, that they know that they see in their own country. They're going to take that. And it's similar to Canada. Canada's been like, until Cal McCarr, Dante Fabro, how many of those college kids really made Team Canada? Very few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there was a lot of good college kids that never made Team Canada, and all of a sudden we're starting to see that wave come up, where college kids are making it. So it happens everywhere. Every country's like that. I just think it's familiar, more get familiarity with the players, right. or vice versa. Like it's one of those things, right? Where who fits the role the best, and that's what that's what I think it is to. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great conversation to have because, um, you know, whether you're talking about team USA or even team Canada, I mean, wh- what, what a great conversation that you can actually have, have there. Um, you know, whereas I'm looking at, you know, Vince's roar and, and the Austrians and, and basically he's the only NHL pick player on their roster. Um, there is no, um, there is no Casper, which is a, a word you'd like that guy because he's a Red Wings draft yeah, pick. Like it. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, at least there's a plethora of riches when you're talking about Team Canada and Team USA, whereas you, know, you look at a team like the Austrians, and that's going to be difficult to stay up in the top division. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting stuff. It gets us as fans, obviously, talking about it at length, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it long after the tournament is over anyways, so. Um, yeah, always interesting around this time. The World Junior Show is definitely going to be a fun one, that's for sure. Yeah. So, Nick, speaking of imports, so here's the big announcement, I guess, right? So you're going to be on a, you're going to be you're on the team now. You're going to be doing a weekly recap, right, of the OHL and your thoughts of the week, and that will go out every Monday. Yes, sir. I believe and so. Then, and then also, it's been going around Twitter right now. Um, you can plug in where people can follow that. And this will be coming up as well, the Euro blog. So can you explain a little bit more about the Euro blog as well? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go through it. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter at NIC underscore EUR for Europe and OHL for obviously the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, this is a little bit of a fusion of my past and, and, and present. So when I was a kid growing up in London, yes, you know, London Knights fan here. Um, <laughs> outnumbered again. Oh, for, fortunately, unfortunately, uh, with a very strong liking for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And now that I've I've moved to Kitchener, uh, I'm starting to acclimatize to the life in blue. Um, although it's an interesting team to look at, I don't know when I show up to the odd each and every night. I don't know which side of Kitchener is going to show up. Uh, so that that that's been interesting. Remind um, me of that. Remind me of that. <laughs> but in about uh, five minutes to remind me about that remind you about that okay no hey yeah. that's fine yeah no worries 
but it's a little bit of a, like I said, a fusion of my past and my present. Uh, when I was growing up in London, I'm going to date myself just a wee bit here. I would go to the London Ice House. Yes, the London Ice House. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was a kid at this point. I was just, just cognizant of what I was actually watching, and I could maybe name a player or two. Um, I think it was the 97, 98 year, 96, 97 year, one of those two. And the London Knights had two forwards on their team that I really looked up to. And at this point, you're super impressionable because you're like, I'm six or seven years old at this point. I'm just starting my, my hockey journey. Um, and there was the two players were Rico Fada, who was from Sault Ste. Marie, uh, the goaltender, Wardo, this is for you, Gene Shirello, uh, who also was from Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, but they also had uh, an import, uh, a Russian import, and his name, for, for the viewers or listeners out there, maybe they'll remember, was Maxim Spiridonov. Now, this guy, to me, at seven or eight years old, uh, was lightning fast, and he was extremely good. And actually, I don't think he ever m- quite made it to the NHL. I know he was drafted, but I don't quite know what happened to him after the fact. Um so a couple of years later, as obviously I'm going out throughout my, my hockey career and then soon ending my hockey career, I think, well, you know, what, what am I going to do here? I've done some coaching. I've done some executive stuff. I've done some scouting, but I want to start and maybe go back to some of my hockey-ish roots in the Ontario Hockey League. And I was remembering those days going to the London Ice House and then the John, uh, the John Labatt Center, the Budweiser Gardens as now it's called. Um, and all of those players every once in a while that show up, um, that have a little bit different of a last name and then they go, they play for a couple of years and then they go off elsewhere. So, um, I figured, you know what, I'm, I'm going to fuse the two, my love of the OHL and my, my, in, my intrigue, I guess I should say, uh, for the European imports that come into the league. So, uh, that's where the idea came from. I whipped together a database that I now, uh, that you know now I guess people can uh, go and click on, which is uh, on my Twitter handle, and uh, yeah, essentially that's what I do. I just uh, follow the European imports. I also do some OHL commentary as well um, on you know games that I watch. Right, so that's kind of a little bit of a background, and uh, yeah, so I guess I'll be contributing some of that for you guys as well, which is uh, which is pretty exciting because it's a part of the it's a part of the league that's there. I don't quite know if it's highlighted to the point where yeah. maybe it needs mm-hmm. to be uh, because some of these players are really good. I mean, you're talking about Pavel Minchikov, Matt V. Petrov, Vince's Rohr, Matthias Sapovalov, a guy that's shooting up the rankings right now, Winnipeg draft pick, Dmitry Kuzmin of the Flint Firebirds. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, these, guys, these guys are players, man. These guys are players. They're here. They're, they're trying to, uh, they're trying to work on their game and hone their game in, in the OHL. They're going a different route. And um, it's always interesting to see where they'll end up after their couple of years here in Ontario. And here's one for you. I mean, Reese and I see him day in and day out in Hamilton, Artem Grushnikov. I mean, Grushnikov is a stud on the back end, defensive <laughs> presence, blocks every shot. Uh, on Grush? First off, guys, Grush is now a goal scorer. Let's, yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Right? Like, let's, he's a sniper. Let's, he's a certified he's a... sniper. Right. He's got, he's got three goals, six assists for nine points, 21 games. He's yeah, got, he you know, he's, he's great. I also like Goal what he does dogs. and contributes hundred percent. I love what he contributes defensively as well. Yeah. And uh, not afraid to give up the body to block a shot, 
not afraid to give up the body to make a good solid play and separate man from puck, which is the name of the game. So yeah, yeah Grush is uh, Grush is a good one in my book. That's for sure. So our question at the beginning of the beginning of the year, I guess, I guess this is like episode two of the regular season. Recently, we were talking about Pavel Mintikov. How many goals do you think Mintikov's going to mm-hmm. score? I think we had a Twitter poll. It was like 35. I know right. that's a little high, but how many goals do you think Mintikov can score? you think he can score 30 this year? That's a tough one. He got off to a really good start. I think it was a 10-6 yeah. to 6 game uh, between the Saginaw Spirit and the Guelph Storm um, to start the year off. So he, he got off to a flying start, uh, and Saginaw has got off to a pretty flying start minus this past weekend. Um, but... I don't know how many goals he gets. That, that, that's tough. He's got 12 right now, 24 assists for 36 points. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 30 and, and I'm, I'm, that's, that's a stretch for me. 30, 30 goals. Yeah. I'm he's, almost, to he's, he's almost halfway there. He's almost halfway there and there's plenty of hockey still to go. And from the games that I've watched him, he's basically a fourth forward out there for the Saginaw spirit. So, you know, if, if, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I'm sure his trajectory is quite high. Um, I think, I think 30 is an okay number though for, for Pavel Minchikov. And by the way, as we are on the topic of the Saginaw spirit, for you listeners at home, Hunter Hyatt, the recent acquiree, I guess, for the Saginaw spirit, as they look to bid for that mem cup, and Reese, we talked about this in the first segment, right? Like how teams like Saginaw, the Niagara's, the Kingston's, the Sioux's, the teams that are bidding for next year. I think this is so important. And we compared this to London, how London's young has a lot of gig 04s. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you bid for the Mem Cup, get moved by the Saginaw Spirit here, in my opinion, boys, just because you're getting that 04, right? He's a presence for next year, and he also contributes for the now. So I like that move getting hot, and I like what they can do there in height. So uh, I like the move for the spirit. So uh, what do you guys think? Well, I think it's a good move, and it's it's interesting because if you look at his game logs as well, and I've I've had the chance to watch him. Yeah. I actually had the I actually had the chance to coach him for half a season as well. He wasn't quite the hockey player that you know he is now. He was definitely you know a little bit younger, but there was yeah. definitely something there. He's he's a good he's a quality kid. And um, he's, he's obviously blossomed into a very quality hockey player. And the Minnesota Wild uh, definitely think so as well. But I was looking at his game logs and they were coinciding with what I was seeing while he was playing in Barry there. And then he switches over to Saginaw and against the Sioux there, he goes one and one for two points. And then he contributes two points against Sarnia on, uh, on the third there. So I'm thinking he's refreshed by the change of scenery. Uh, don't quite know what transpired near the tail end there in Barry, but uh, he seems like he's off to a flying start, and he's rightly so aiding the Saginaw spirit. And like you said, Wardo, uh, a lot of people have been chatting about this as potentially a pick for yeah. the next season. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, I think I think it's great move. I mean, it's, it's a great pickup. Yeah, you know, you wanna you wanna put in for the cup, right? You gotta show it now, right? You have to show it now. That's that's a competitive market. You look at all these teams that are put in for the cup, and we talked about this last week, but you look at the teams that put in for the Mem Cup, all four teams have a legitimate case. It's not like how before where sure. it's like, okay, this team's in there, but they're not going to get it. I don't see that this year. I don't know you guys, but I don't see that this year, this Mem Cup. I mean, Niagara right now, last place in the NHL. But Niagara come May, you don't want to go to Niagara come May with Buffalo across or 
border there, you know, and you got Niagara Falls and that. Like, yep. you're opening up the season. I mean, she's been around Niagara for a bunch of years. Like, it's just like a get, like, that's not a write off at all. Like, yeah. it's a really good spot. Well, well, I think that's what one of the intriguing parts of that team was being like being called the Niagara Ice Dogs. And, you know, again, as much as people want to hate them and not want anything to do with them, the Burks did it right naming them the Niagara Ice Dogs yeah. and not the St. Catharines uh, Ice Dogs, right? You know, you've had the St. Catharines teepees before in the past. Um, you know, you've had the Niagara Falls Flyers uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Okay, now it's time to just fit in the entire region, right? Um, with, with all the communities, you know, you got the major cities in St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, uh, Welland. Um, you know, you throw in those smaller communities. You got Niagara on the lake with all the wineries and, you know, how, you know, the main drag in Niagara on the lake looks. Um, Port Colborne, obviously. Um, it just, just throws it all in together, right? And I think we talked about this, I think it was last week, Wardy, or last week or two weeks ago when the, yeah, the, uh, announcement came about out about who was bidding, and uh, you know we talk about the moves Saginaw made. You know they're ready to compete for a Mem Cup on the ice, uh, whereas the Niagara Ice Dogs are not. But they have everything off the ice to bring this tournament to St. Catharines yeah, and bring like it that. to the Meridian Center, bring it to the Niagara region. You just have to be better on the ice, and um, right, you know, however they figure out how to do that. I don't know if it's not making 20 trades in the first two weeks of the season, but um, couple coaches, different yeah, it's like, like that, that is the one thing they have to figure out. And Darren DeDobler talked about that this past week, Colin, you retweeted that uh, small video clip uh, of him kind of explaining, you know, yeah. the, the thought behind him, you know, bringing the tournament to Niagara and he, he hit on every point. Just it's a matter of getting better on the ice and then, I think the tournament essentially falls into right. their hands once the results start to show up. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough, right? I mean, it's tough to really say right now, and it's a year and a half away, but um, it's always fun sure. to discuss, right? Oh, one hundred and ten percent. And I think what I got from the uh, the Darren Dobler interview was that you know people are going to come, and he said this rightly so. People are going to come and watch the hockey. But they're actually going to come and take in the entire region of Niagara. And that's where this team geographically is so important to the league in general. Mm-hmm. Niagara, The Niagara region is an extremely rich region um, when it comes to a, a plethora of different things that people can interact with. So, yes, you will come for a Memorial Cup to see some of the mm-hmm. best uh, young players that this, this country has to offer under the umbrella of the CHL but also taking the region and the riches that it has. So that's, that's kind of what I got yeah. from that interview. And I think that that would be one of the main shouting points for Niagara mm-hmm. to put in their bid. And like you said, Wardo, I mean, they've, uh, they've all got a little bit of, a, of like a big point as to why they've put in their bid. Um, case in point, if you want to look at the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, I mean, yeah. they've hosted it, they've won it. There is such a rich history uh, of junior hockey in Sault Ste. Marie. And if the OHL has a strong North and I'm pulling in the Sudbury Wolves and the North Bay Battalion in this one, yeah. then the OHA, the OHL itself is also a strong league. So yeah. I, when I tend to look at these things, I'm tending to look at regions. Uh, and also too, I mean, Saginaw Spirit or the Saginaw Spirit, they're incredibly good this year. They're going to be good next year. And 
they bring in the U.S. The U.S. region and the U.S. market for for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, each each team does have a, have a little bit of a of a say, and and they're all so unique because every market, for the most part, is unique in the OHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we were talking about the OHL, Nick, how we touch on this? The OHL blog now that will be out weekly every Monday, right? Every Monday, we'll have a we'll have your thoughts on the week that was in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, yeah, for sure, buddy. Yeah, for those who care to read it, <laughs> you know, um, I'll just basically breeze through the games or, or the weekend that was starting on, you know, the high volume nights, which is Friday, Saturday and, and Sunday around the Ontario Hockey League. And uh, yeah, just putting out a few bullet points per game with uh, maybe a little bit of uh, humor at the end of it. So uh, just to kind of, you know, bring the reader home and uh, check out some of the action that was played around around the league on the weekend. So, yeah, that'll be coming out on Mondays uh, while you're sipping your your coffee, you know, Risa and I, or your or your hot chocolate like Wario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Nothing goes wrong with the hot chocolate in the morning. You know, you go out there, you see the snow and blow, the hustle and bustle so, in the city so- of the Delhi, Ontario. So, Wardy, since since you go hot chocolate, I got to ask you this because I do this. I mean, I think the Tim Horton stuff is way better than the Starbucks stuff, anyways. Um, do you I, I throw? Think I know where you're going. Yeah, oh yeah. Do you All throw? Right, let's, let's hear it. Do you throw whipped cream on top of your hot chocolate whenever you can? No, because I think but, you. I think you got like you. You throw hot. You throw. I do the marshmallow chocolate. Sauce I do the marshmallow. Like, come on. Ooh, okay. 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 Yes. Yes, I have done this before. All right. Yes, about once a month. Ooh, you know, I'll get ooh. Up. Oh, it's a treat. So, it's a Wardo treat. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> I'll get up in the morning, you know, the big city of the Delhi, Ontario, and I'll get out, make a cup of hot chocolate. Because like I feel like I feel like you got to get the hot or the whipped cream on top of the hot chocolate. And then as a kid, I'd always do this. I don't know about you guys. You'd always have to take you always have to tip it upside down and just point the whipped cream in your mouth and just take a little bit of that. And that just finishes it off. You start drinking your hot chocolate with the whipped cream on top and then you're good like that. That was childhood for me. um, You know, it's great. You know, you get the big Costco cans like. Yeah, those were Ooh. those were clutch. You know what's clutch too, though, when you can't when you get up and look at the peanut butter cupboard there, and you see the chocolate sprinkles, mm. and it's like, oh, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought you were gonna say the the, the peanut butter jar. I was like, so oh, did I. You. Yeah, <laughs> like you you, you you took me for a completely well, wait, different wait, ride, Wardo. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I am not done yet. Because oh, there's more. Yeah. We're oh. just, you know what we're gonna you know what we're gonna call this the Wardo. If you go to a Tim Hortons in your area, just be like the Wardo. This is what it is. <laughs> gra- I'll tell you how to make gratter? it over the intercom. What is it, the, the Wardo? What is it, the gratter? <laughs> oh my god! Nine sugar, nine cream. The, I think it's just the Gretzky. Yeah, I'll take a Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, oh yeah, nine cream, nine sugar. I think yeah, there's a no, Stanley Cup drink too. Like you get whip, you get the ice cap with whipped cream. I think you put a like a Timbit or two on top of it, and that's a Stanley Cup oh. or something, I think it's called. Um, I'm telling you right now, you go to Tim Hortons right now, and you ask, can I get a hot chocolate, throw some whipped cream on there, and get, you know, like, a, you know, the sprinkled donuts? I used to love those things as a kid. 
those things were the those things were the bomb. So you take the yeah, man, I used to go to, I used to go get a sprinkled donut before going to the traps games. Roll oh, yeah. traps. And then I would put it on the hot chocolate and then you get the sprinkles in the hot chocolate. It's like the best of both worlds. But oh. up Hannah Montana. Yeah, I go to Hannah Montana. What's oh, it do you? Wardo. So if you if yeah, you could if you could get that if you could get that Goalies, order, eh? Oh, 100%. You've had a lot of pucks to your head. But no, if you can write that down, <laughs> if you can write that down, though, if you can write that down, I will go into a Tim Hortons and I will see if they can make it. And I will say, here's the Wardo. Make it so. Hey, hey, okay. At Tim Hortons, though, after this, I'm telling you before it gets big, all the listeners that are listening to this, I guarantee you they're tempted to go do this. So if you're listening to this and you do it as well, Make sure to tweet Tim Hortons because hey, let's get a free ad. Let's get a free ad. Tag tag yeah. the sh- tag the show. Tag Tim Hortons. Let's go. We're let's starting do it. it. We're let's do it. it. All you gotta do is ask for sprinkles, um, whipped cream, in your hot chocolate. That's before, all. That's before, all. Thanks to this. Before you know it, it's gonna be the OHL and Six Weeks podcast sponsored by Tim Hortons. Yeah. Hey, that'd be wild. I'd be in for that. We're just, we're just we're just businessmen. That's all. Yeah, you know, it's business, man. You know, know what we're doing. Check of all trades. What's up? So, uh, yeah, and also, Nick, my last question about since we talked about the blog, we Mm. talked about this in the first segment. You got you got a ball in both courts here. Kitchener and London. What's the difference? Both teams started off the exact same. Sure, they have. Both teams started off the exact same, and I thought, are you kidding me? This looks bizarre. And on um, paper, they're not that different. No, I, w- I would say not, Porto. I'd say you're, you're pretty spot on there. But um, there was something that was said in the London broadcast over the weekend that I really resonated with. You know, if you look at the, the London Knights in their, in their previous games over the last little while, they're, they're pretty close contests. Minus when they, you know, I was in the odd when London came and played Kitchener as well. Um, that was, that was that an interesting. System beat down. That was an interesting night. Yep, for sure. Um, Sorry, Kitchener. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'll, I'll get I'll get to that story uh, uh, later, but you know, back to the London broadcast. It, there was something that they said that really resonated with me, and that was the fact that if you look back, London's gotten some close contests, but what they're doing is they're finding ways to win those hockey games, and that is what's extremely important. They're also starting to get a little bit more secondary scoring, um, which helps any team. Um, oh Wardo, you're killing me buddy i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying to do it serious and you're just stretching are you kidding me this is a flu game that's that's bush wardy that's bush league we have a guest on the show no 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 it's all good it's all good but yeah they're finding they're finding ways to win hockey games and they're finding ways to win close hockey games more often than not when it comes to the Kitchener Rangers, it's 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 a rather interesting story because it's a tale of two teams, really, under the umbrella that is the Kitchener Rangers. Um, you know, I went to their home opener against uh, against the Sarnia Sting, and I wasn't really aware of who Sarnia had on their roster at the time. I was quickly introduced to that, and so were the Kitchener Rangers, and so was the OHL. Uh, I've been to a couple of games against um, the Owen Sound Attack. I was there when they shellacked 
Guelph seven to one on a Tuesday night. I basically tweeted at them and said, just change your games to Tuesdays. No one wants to play you on a Tuesday night at the odd and you're shellacking this team. It's great. Now, yeah. again, Guelph is, is, uh, that it, was it, the game. That was the game that was supposed to change Guelph, but really didn't like kind of, I guess. Well, it was one of those that I thought it was going to change the Kitchener Rangers and the people that I, yeah. I, I yeah. sit around are, are, you know, season ticket holders. And so I asked them because I don't know, I just showed up here, right? The odds now 10 minutes away from me, which is great. Um, but I, you know, I started, you know, swiveling in my chair and just being like, is this, is this how it's been? Is this normal? Or like, how is this supposed to go this season? And a lot of people, a lot of fans are like, you know what? I don't know. Because every time I show up and every time I sit in my seat, I don't know which edition of this, of, of the kitchen Rangers I'm going to get. Like bits and bites. You don't know what you're going to get. Like a 100%. Box of chocolates? Like Doesn't yeah, matter. Like, hockey. Yeah. like it's you just, yeah. So, um, but to answer your question, Wardo, I mean, it, they're two, they're two completely different markets. That's for sure. And uh, <laughs> there, there's, there's something great about, about the bud. There's no question about it, but the odd has that history. Um, it's an older barn. And uh, you know, if you, if you, if you're, if you, oh, if, yeah. you walk, if you walk too close to the stands, you hit your head on one of the, uh, the metal beams that goes up to hold yeah. up the stands. So. I do that all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. Time. Yeah. thank Explain. God they put an elevator in there going to the press box. That yeah. odd yeah, means that was clutch. Odd, odd, and pox. Probably what's giving me my cold. Yeah. That's what's okay. giving me a hard time. All right. So, so we're, so we're now, you know, full bore on the auditorium. That's, that's the crux of your issue. <laughs> yeah, I love the place though. That's a, that's one of the best places to go watch a game in our league. It's one of the best places. I agree. But, you know, to the point I was talking about previously with talking to the fans and this was this was really interesting. You know, a, a guy tells me he goes, "Listen, like y- y- you go up to North Bay to the North Bay Memorial Gardens and you beat yeah. North Bay Battalion by a score of four to three. You come back on a Friday night and you beat them three to two at the Kitchener Odd Memorial, uh, which is which is awesome. And then, you know, then the following day, you lose to the Guelph Storm five to three. And then on the Sunday, you lose to the Windsor Spitfires by a score of eight to four. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of what I mean, where it's just it's just the ebbs and the flows. It's the ups and the downs. And I yeah. understand it's. This is this is the roller coaster that is junior hockey. This is what you sign up for when you like a when you like a major junior hockey team sometimes. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's it's been an interesting ride in Kitchener so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are sure. from 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 if you look at their rosters, like you said, Warrior, they're very very similar. Um, and I just think that the Kitchener Rangers, with the strength that they have up and down their lineup and <laughs> in the crease, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a little it, it's a little bewildering as to mm-hmm. as to what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fun way to end the show, and we've been doing this at the end of the show probably for what five weeks straight, I'd say, Colin. Six. six um, yeah, this will be week number here. six. Um, Nick is included in this this week. Um, power rankings. For the first oh. or following the first weekend in December, Top yeah, five. yeah. Um, you know whether My you guys fifth. can go. You you guys can go first. This is an under the bus situation. <laughs> you guys you guys have at it. The fifth the fifth one for me is just tough this week. 
I've got my 15 off the hop. I could say it right now. Oh, was that my cue to actually go? All right. I thought you were going, Morty. My bad. (laughs) No, no, no. You can go. All right. Um, so number five for me, um, I think the Windsor Spitfires hop back in. Um, this follows a very successful weekend, three wins for the Spits. Um, you know, they're back to over 500 in their past 10, and it was a really good three games um, for the Spitfires over the weekend. Um, you know, they're still one of those powerhouse teams in the Western Conference, and we talked about it in segment one, calling about, you know, that that narrative that the Western Conference has always been better than the East, um, and I think that still continues to today. Um, you look at the top three teams and we'll go through it throughout the power rankings, but, uh, through 25 games, Windsor Spitfires are number five, uh, in my power rankings. Um, and they, they've rebounded, um, from what we'd seen over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, they're my five team Colin. Yeah, I agree. I have Windsor as well. Big weekend. Like you said, they had a big weekend. They got, they found themselves, they found themselves ways to win. You know, they found ways to win, Mm -hmm. which is big. That's a sign of a good team. So, uh, for me, yeah, Windsor as well. Big weekend, they uh, climbed themselves back into my top five as well. Yeah, yeah, right on. And uh, make it three for the spits for me, guys. All right. right um, number four. This one was hard. Um, not really for me because I ah never. Yeah, it was hard. I like I like I was pit you know between two teams really. Um, you should see the difference between last week's poll and this week's poll for me. Yeah, I, I believe that. it. Yeah, where do you say I'll that say it every after. week? You say that. Every yeah, week. this week's crazy though. I'll yeah. say it after. Um, because they've been so hot, it will not be the London Knights. Number four for me, the North Bay Battalion. Um, you know they've they've put themselves nine points ahead of Mississauga for the Central Division lead. They've won three in a row. They're six and four in their last ten, and they look way better than any team in their division. It's not even close right now. Mississauga still got the talent, but they're in that rough patch that a lot of teams go through, you know, two to three times throughout the year. Um, and North Bay's taking advantage of that. They're, they're able to win games and they're able to separate themselves from the rest of the competition in that central division. So um, if they keep playing the way they are, they're going to keep rising the rankings. Um, but this week they're number four um, ahead of the Windsor Spitfires. Yeah, same here. I have North Bay as well in the, my four spot. Reese, I just think that, like, they had a big weekend, winning three games in a row. That's big. And they bounced back, you know, and then they got good goaltending as well. Don Devin Santos getting goaltender of the week this week in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. Um, all those facets are starting to come back to their game. I mean, they were a little short benched as well, right? The third being out of the lineup. Once they get those guys back, look out. I mean, this yeah. team's dangerous. This team's dangerous. I mean, in my opinion right now, I don't know about you guys, but in the East, there's only two established teams right now that know their identity. And it is the North Bay Battalion and the Ottawa 67s. After that, there's a big drop-off, in my opinion, right now in the Eastern Conference. But right now in the East, there's only two teams that know their identity, and it's North Bay and Ottawa. And I, North Bay is my fourth team. Yeah, and I echo both of you guys. I know that's a little boring, but it's hard not to because the North Bay Battalion are doing really well. Uh, up and down their lineup, and I love watching a guy like Jackson. I like watching a guy like Matt V. Petrov. Um, they've got such a good roster, and they're putting wins together. And like you said, we're to, it's one of those teams that when they hit the ice, 
you know what to expect. They have an identity. And I watched that game against Peterborough, the three nothing blanking at the at the Peterborough Memorial Center, and it was it was a very um, it it almost kind of looked like London in a way. And I I know that maybe North Bay fans don't really want to be compared to the London Knights, and I completely understand that that's the case. But the way that they played the Peets for sixty minutes um, was very well um, through their systems. It was clear their game plan. And they were able to uh, they were able to get the job done away from home. So number four for me is is uh, North Bay yeah. Battalion. And you know what, North Bay North Bay as well ran as well, right? They have a very good coach in Ryan Ullahan, and then they have a very good general manager and former London Knight Adam Dennis. And I made that comparison because it's like he's managing from what he saw in his junior hockey career, Adam Dennis. Because you look at his drafts with the skill players that he's drafted. You look at his imports that he brings over. It's so similar roster wise to the London Knights. So that's why I like that you mentioned that because like I can the system and like the detail that they play with is like it's very similar in a way. It's 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 just yeah exactly hundred percent. It, it's that little bit extra that puts them over the edge. Uh, the guys like yeah. so guys like Josh Bloom and I'm a massive yeah, and it, ty, massive Ty Nelson fan. So watch him, watch him show guys and uh, yeah. Christopolis. So yeah. Um, yeah, so four for me for sure. Like you guys, North Bay. Yeah. Number three, and I don't – I have a feeling they're higher for you, Wardy, um, because you had them in your top five last week. Um, and it was it, – like, it's it's a debate. I think we know who's back on the number one spot. Um, but I think, I think the number three team for me is the London Knights. Um, whether or not you just count it because they're one point behind Saginaw for first – uh, but they've won eight in a row. They're nine and one um, in their last 10. I know Colin, you're, you're a big fan of looking at that past 10 category, especially when you talk about pre-scout and, <laughs> you know, if a team's down, then, okay, they're going to be pushing hard to, you know, to get a win to try and break a streak. And that's where that kind of plays into things. But London Knights have been the hottest team in the Ontario hockey league, the last 10 games. Um, and they've put themselves in a position. Like I said, last week, when I looked at the standings after the weekend was over, um, Holy crap, London's in first in the Midwest division. Who would have seen that to start the month of December, uh, especially after that start? Tough to kind of count out the Knights in terms of them being competitive throughout the year. But first in a quick turnaround within a couple of months. Um, so this week, they're three. I'm sure they're going to continue to climb just like North Bay. And uh, wouldn't surprise me if the London Knights pass Saginaw uh, in the near future for that one spot in the Western Conference. Starting to get tighter, eh? It's starting to get tighter. Oh, and yeah, God, yeah. And as you mentioned about the pre-scout, Nick, you can attest to this. When you see a team coming in, you look at their last 10, last five games, and you see that they're just under 500 and that's team, they're underplaying, they're not playing to their value and to their strengths, there is nothing better, when, especially in the Ontario Hockey League, when you see that team coming into your building. There is nothing better than that because all of a sudden you can see the morale. Of them, you can see the warmups. You can see the morale not very high. You score the first goal against them, and it's like, hey, let's like we got them tonight. We got them. Week one, the London Knights, the first two weeks of the season, you score the first goal against them, you win the game. They weren't scoring three goals a game. They weren't doing that. And now all of a sudden, you look at it where, hey, you score the first goal against them. Oh well, we'll come back and score four unanswered against the Gulf Storm last Tuesday night. You know, it's one of those things where, for them. They're beating up on the bad teams. They're playing into their structure. They're playing the right way. 
And yeah, that's a very good pick, Reese. But my third team, the Saginaw Spirit. Right. I teed I that I one up like I was going to keep it yeah. going. I teed that one up like it was going to keep going with it, but no, Saginaw Spirit. Um, Saginaw, very tough weekend for them. Very good hockey team. They're still in the top three of the Ontario Hockey League, right? So mm-hmm. they're a good hockey team. Um, it's one of those things coming into the year where you thought, where a lot of media around the Ontario Hockey League thought, how is Saginaw this good? It's going to be a long year. They're going to trade Josh Bloom. Mintikoff won't be there at the deadline. And now all of a sudden you look at this team and it's like, wow, like, you know, like, this team's got it. So they're my third team. Yeah, Wardo, you really killed me there, pal. You were, you were, you're skating me down a path and you cut the other way. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you the nice saucer cross flank for it for the one timer. I don't think so. Yeah, you didn't though. Sorry. You, you took, you took a look and said, no. yeah, exactly. You made the selfish play. <laughs> hey, Jeez. I was that goalie that went out to play the puck and my defenseman's wheeling back. And you know, when you think, oh, okay, he's just going to give you a pass. Let me go in and try, you know, sell the puck down. Nope. I'm bringing it around the board. Boys, get going up top. Hey, I'm talking winger. I'm talking far wing. Coach is just, yeah. Coach is shaking his head. They're all mad. Who put this guy in that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You pulled a Wardo right out from under me. But, uh, no, my pick mimics yours. Um, I think it's the Saginaw Spirit in the third spot. I was actually able to watch their game against the Sioux as well. Uh, my parents actually went to that game. They were up visiting um, family. All, all, basically half my family is in Sioux St. Marie, which is why I'm a Sioux Greyhounds fan as well. But they were at the game, and I remember my dad texting me before he went to the game, and he said, are the Saginaw Spirit any good this year? And I just texted him back. I was like, you need to go watch this team. And I said, I listed off a couple of players for him. He said, okay, great. Um, they saved all their scoring for, for the final period. They saved all their scoring for, for one player, Calvin Watson. Um, Four-goal night there, not a big deal. Also got the OT winner. But uh, he texted me back, and he goes, that was an insane hockey game. I was like, yes, it was. So if you do, if anyone does have uh, the ability to go back and watch the game, I'd recommend it. It's highly, highly entertaining. But for me, yep, the uh, the Saginaw Spirit, Lake Wardo, are number three. All right. I don't think I got to do much explaining then. Saginaw Spirit, number two for me. Uh, basically just flip-flopped with you guys, and you guys explained why um, they're so good. I'm not even going to try and um, repeat the same thing because that would be pointless. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're number two on my list. Which means you're going the Knights number two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going London number two, but maybe next week, you know, you get a 10, you get 10 in a row. I'm not going to give that pressure on them because that's a big deal. I mean, giving them on our power ranking is like putting them on the Mem cup. So <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. So. I'll put that out there, but yeah, right now, number two, a lot of nights are not ready yet for number one, but number two, a lot of nights. Um, they're, they've been the second best team in the Ontario Hockey League. When we look at any single stretch around the Ontario Hockey League this season, other than Ottawa's start, what's been the second most dominating stretch of a play? I believe it's currently right, happening right now with the London Knights. They're getting solid goaltending in both Bowen and Brochu. They're getting stellar defensive play. And they're putting the puck in the net. All three aspects of the game, they're doing very well above average. That's why they're the number two team right now in the Ontario Hockey League. Monday night's number two. Yeah. Um, Wardo did a great job explaining as to why. Uh, that's also my second pick. 
Also just want to give a quick shout out to uh newly signed Jacob Julian. Um, yeah, you were story congr- about that. Congrats on the signing. That's absolutely phenomenal. I remember coaching Jacob when he was, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old um, at the AA level in London. And uh, the way he plays, it hasn't changed too much where uh, I think, you know, a, a, maybe a, a minor knock on him is, is the skating, but everything else works at a very elite level. And London Knights fans, uh, if you're a fan of the London Nationals, you've probably seen it for the past couple of seasons. Everything else works at an elite level, and he's a really good talent. So I just wanted to just give a quick shout out to Jacob. Congrats on that one. Yeah, so yeah, big London week, Knights man. number two for me. Yeah, big first week for him as well. Seeing the points, seeing the points go up there. Yeah, and well, that leaves number one, and the Ottawa 67s, 42.7 and three. In the last 10, 21 and four, they have scored 117 goals in 25 games. Now, for anyone listening out there, um, math is not a strong part of our uh, part of our game. So calculator is very important. That is not correct. Even with calculators, I screw that up. <laughs> That's bad, eh? The yeah, we, Ottawa 67. We need a math guy. We need a math man. guy. You absolutely we do. I did instead of hitting 117 divided by 25, I did it times 25. And I'm like, no, no, they don't average 2,900 goals a game. Um they average just under five, 4.68 goals a game. They got a goalie fight this past week. Everything about this team is exciting. Um, including when goalies are stopping the puck, not just, you know, getting in brawls. But, uh, yeah, the Ottawa 67s, for all of us, that number one team uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, for very good reason. So, Yeah. They just looked at us last week when I put them at number two. They just looked at it like, are you kidding me right now? Right back, yeah. Mm. Who is this guy from Delhi? Where is Delhi anyways? Yeah, they took offense to that. Delhi, Ontario. The Delhi, Ontario. Get up every morning, make my hot chocolate with uh, whipped cream and sprinkles. You're you're painting such a romantic picture, Wardo. It's it's incredible. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is my uh, sick game. This is my sick game. Yeah, for sure. Michael Jordan right now in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we've got a little bit of a bug going around the uh, the dressing room. But, I mean, they, they (laughs) they they just outscored... I think what they they played two games this past weekend. Total of what was it like twelve to four mm-hmm. um, goals for goals against. I mean they're just they're just a cut above this year. And the Ottawa sixty sevens, yeah, number one for sure. Yeah, yeah, a couple of six two victories against Flint and Peterborough. So um, yeah, they're good, and uh, so are the London Knights. So uh, keep an eye out for them. And well, that pretty much ends this week's show. And overtime was needed, absolutely, Um, going on probably an hour and a half, but no big deal. It was worth it, absolutely, 100%. Um, Nick, really appreciate you doing this. Um, You know, we're excited. We're excited to add, you know, another name, another voice uh, to the OHL and 60 brand. And um, for anyone out there, yeah. Uh, go follow him on Twitter because world junior season means import season, especially when we get into those Austria versus Finland, Austria versus Czechia games. Um, when you've got OHL talent playing in those games, um, you just have to know who you're looking for. 
Um, so Nick, we really appreciate you doing this. And again, on Twitter, you can follow him at N I C underscore E U R of course, standing for Europe and, uh, O H L. So that is his Twitter handle. Nick, appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate Welcome it. Board. Thank you. We're excited. Um, to the listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the OHL and 60 podcast. Of course, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And that, of course, includes the Bulldogs audio network. For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will chat again in seven days. Thank <laughs> you.